It's 2022, and the industry is still largely dependent on pitch decks to get a story across, and I think this is really outdated, which is why I'm excited to share our newest brand partner and sponsor for Seed Scout and Forward Thinking Founders, Journey.io. Journey.io takes all of your data sources, whether it be a Notion deck, a Calendly, HubSpot data, a Loom, and connects it all into one place. You can tell your story in a much more efficient way. Doesn't matter if you're selling, you're marketing, or you're doing fundraising. Put all your data, all your information into a journey, and instead of sending a Loom link here and a Google Docs link here and a Vidyard link here and a Pitch link here, just send them a journey link, sell your story, get that money, get that customer, and I promise you, you will find that ROI real quick. If you want to learn more, go to journey.io, and you will be blown away with what they've built, and tell them Forward Thinking Founder sent you. All right, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their business for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Manny Okim, who's a co-founder of Locum. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello to everyone listening. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, this is, for everyone listening, this is going to be a little bit of a different style of an episode, a little a little longer, um, because Manny is one of our most recent alpha companies in Seed Scout. So we're using this podcast as an opportunity to kind of learn more about what he's doing and share it with all of you. Um, so we're going to, it's going to be a little bit, bit different of a format, a little long, longer form. Um, so Manny, how are you doing today? Good, good. And the weather has been great today. Good. Feeling good. How about you? Feeling good. Very nice. Yeah, I'm good. As I, as we were talking about, I was in Miami last week and I just got back to uh, Phoenix uh, in Tempe uh, yesterday night. And it feels great. I, I am glad to be back in good old sunny Arizona. So let's <laughs> kind of so let's kind of like dive in, you know, starting with um with what you're doing high level, and then we'll go into the different areas of it um kind of afterwards. So for people that haven't heard of your company, um uh, what are you working on? What what is Locum? Okay. Thank you once again. Locum is a technology company that is building tools for end-to-end healthcare recruiting, healthcare workforce management, workflow automation, payroll, and upskilling. Yeah, but that's very high level. But for our MVP, we're starting with the recruiting bit. So our mission is to help healthcare providers find and do their best work. Our tagline basically says healthcare work begins here because we are working at that intersection of 
healthcare, talent, productivity, and the future of work. Yeah. All right. So I, I myself am not in, in healthcare. I don't have that much experience kind of in healthcare, health tech. But from what I've heard, there's like a lot going on and there's a lot of problems to solve. Um, so I think to start off, um, to kind of go a little deeper, before going in deeper into kind of what your what Locum does kind of specifically in the different areas of it, can you kind of just like walk us through high level? Like what's the, pro- what, you know, of the, of the many problems in uh, health, healthcare and health tech, like what's the problem that you're solving specifically um, so we can kind of frame the conversation? All right. All right. Okay. So the problem we're solving basically is um, helping um, healthcare facilities hire healthcare professionals as quickly as possible. Part of this, um, there's some research from the, since the pandemic started. And during the pandemic, staffing shortages cost the US alone about $24 billion. Yeah. And then this projection from the World Health Organization that the, there will be a global shortage of 80 million healthcare workers by the year 2030 that's eight years from now, if there are no interventions. And these interventions are going to be from the government, from healthcare stakeholders, and from technology. And the technology bit is where we locum come in, where we create tools that help healthcare providers like hospitals, pharmacies, and clinics, laboratories to hire healthcare professionals quicker. Say normally they would normally hire in maybe 50 to 60 days, where with locum, healthcare facilities can hire healthcare professionals in three days or less. So uh, the problem we're solving is helping healthcare providers hire healthcare workers as quickly as possible and helping healthcare workers find um, remote jobs, travel jobs, and you know, on the gig kind of jobs. Because the pandemic, if you don't mind me, in part of the when the pandemic happened it really exposed a number of things in you know the healthcare system and part of it was that um, some healthcare institutions weren't strong enough to you know to cater to themselves they needed to collaborate with other healthcare um, organizations another thing that came out from the pandemic is the increase in the gig economy for healthcare workers normally you wouldn't have you know a lot of healthcare workers doing remote work you know travel work but these days you have more of you know traveling nurses traveling doctors so what we do basically is to kind of streamline the process that is used to hire you know healthcare and professionals as quickly as possible yeah so let's kind of dive into the the, the product and kind of the, the company. So historically, it takes weeks, you know, maybe even months with you. It, you cut that time down. Let's say I am a hospital or I'm like one of your customers. Like walk me through how, how it works, kind of hiring within your platform. Okay. So say you, you're a hospital and you signed up on Locum and your dashboard, once you go to your dashboard, you see the feature quick hire. Once you click on that, you can now you know, choose the profession you're hiring for, the country, the years of experience, and then click on search. Then based on your requirements, 
a database, you know, of um, profiles of verified healthcare professionals has shown that are tailored to whatever you searched for. So you can then, you know, go ahead to contact the, say you wanted to hire a pharmacist, you can go ahead to contact the pharmacist and then chat him up. And then you don't have to go through that whole process of um, the pharmacist applying to whatever job you posted, you know, all of that very long process. But this way you contact the, the pharmacist and you can see on his profile that, okay, he's actively looking for, you know, his next opportunity is in your area. So you go ahead to chat and then send him a, the job description, him or her the job description. And then once you do that, if they, you know, they like the opportunity, they're okay with the job requirements, then you can go ahead and schedule an interview or a phone screen. And then if the, the, the outcome of that is positive, you can then go ahead and hire them as quickly as possible. So you can do all of this in two, three days or even less, depending on how quickly you want to. And I'm kind of curious, like, why did you, why were you interested in solving this problem? Um, like there's a lot, lots of problems to solve in the world. This is obviously a deep one and a, a, a one that will hurt a lot if it doesn't get solved. But why did you personally decide to kind of take it on? Okay, I personally decided to take this on because of the personal challenge I had myself working as a chief pharmacist back in, in about four years ago, right? I was a chief pharmacist at this hospital and one day my colleague didn't show up to work and I needed to someone to fill the shift as quickly as possible. You know, tried reaching out to a number of people in my network, I couldn't. So I ended up doing the shifts by myself. And later on, I noticed that this was not just something that was peculiar to me. It happens, right? I mean, it's healthcare as much as, as possible. You don't want that gap. You don't want that um, lag. And then you sometimes life happens that, you know, someone is unable to show up for a shift. It's maybe if it's in another sector, it could be overlooked or something, or the, maybe the effects may not be that. Well, with healthcare, it's, um, it's a very big problem. So you want to hire as quickly as possible. So in that moment, I couldn't, um, there was nothing for me to use to, even when I went on LinkedIn, everyone was, no one was readily available. You know, I made calls to people in my network, no one was readily available. So I figured out that it's a, a tool like this that has, you know, verified healthcare professionals that are available on demand, right? Whether you want them for a full-time role or a part-time role or, you know, just a, a DM shift. So that was what led me to, you know, start thinking about the problem. But it wasn't until last year when I came across, you know, this very damning statistics that I realized that, you know, it's so like locum is really necessary if we must manage this um, shortage in healthcare staffing, right? Yeah, so that's, that's how I came to start solving the problem of um, locum, with locum. So 
I feel like so you know let's talk about kind of further into the solution so I'm assuming you can't start as like this master marketplace you know for everyone and for everything within within healthcare right you probably got to start somewhere so I'm curious are you focusing on certain geographies or are you global and then a second question would be are you only focusing on hospitals hiring or are you focused on other different types of of kind of uh, organizations that hire healthcare workers Okay, we, we are not focusing only on hospitals, we're focusing on any organization that needs the services of healthcare professionals, be it hospitals, retail pharmacies, healthcare, ad, admin organizations, clinics, rehabs. So long as you need the service of a healthcare professional, you would find Locum to be a very useful product. Yeah. And, and for our MVP, we are starting with just Africa, yeah, Nigeria to be specific. But we hope as, um, because the way the product is built, if we can onboard people from healthcare professionals from anywhere in the world, right? because there's even a, on the quick hire feature, there's a country button, or, sorry, there's a country field where you can choose the country so it doesn't matter where you are, you can just say choose the US and then it would show you healthcare professionals in the US or in that particular state in the US, say in New York or say um, San Francisco. Yeah. And then, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, California is the state, yeah? Okay, California, yeah. So we, for our MVP, we're starting with just um, Nigeria. And then we'll scale to other countries in Africa before we now make it like a global, you know, product. Yeah. Yep, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, I'm curious to learn, is this your first startup? Have you done ones in the past? And like, what is your kind of like founder experience been so far? I mean, I think anytime you start a new company, whether it's your first one or, or not, you know, you, you learn a lot, hell, even freaking, you know, Jack Dorsey or Elon Musk, anytime they start a new company, they, they learn a ton. So I'm curious for you is kind of like, you know, what have you learned uh, so far as you've been building this out um, as, as a founder? Okay. Um, actually, this is my first tech startup, but this is not my first um, business venture. Yeah. I previously, I ran a logistics small-scale logistics and business back home. And then I also, also ran a food delivery business at a point, yeah. But this is the first um, tech startup that I, you know, I have founded. Yeah, and so far what I've learned is, I mean, you don't have to know everything and that you just have to, you know, do and then learn and then if, you know, whatever you learned was, if it was a success, you know, you just keep doing that. And if it was not good, if what you learned, if what you try to do fail, and then you can, you know, try not to do that. Yeah, sometimes it's overwhelming to, I mean, when you think about, you know, the number of screens you have to build, the number of things you have to do, seeing as I'm not very technical, even though I have, you know, very good technical co-founders seeing it sometimes looks a lot looks overwhelming but 
I think it's just prudent to take it one step at a time and then try as much as possible to learn what works. And then whatever works, you, you know, do more of that. And then whatever doesn't work, you discard that. Yeah, so that's what I've learned so far. And since so you said this is not, it's not your first, uh, or it's your first startup and not your first kind of like, you know, venture out into business. I, I'm curious to learn, you know, when, when COVID hit, you know, two years ago, um, you know, almost, you know, two years ago, two, two years and one month ago, uh, it kind of like lots of obviously horrible things happened as, as a consequence of that. Um, in a positive sense, the world kind of opened up a little bit. Um, and like, I feel like the net, the network effect that Silicon Valley had in regards to raising capital uh, kind of uh, went away and you can kind of, um, not get access to anyone anywhere, but you can kind of like, uh, I feel like things got a little, not a lot, but a little more flat. I'm curious for you, from your perspective, like, do you, what's your perspective on like building, you know, you know, this company while building can maybe like a brand online and trying to get noticed by people in other countries while obviously serving your own market? Like, do, do you think about that at all? Yeah, yeah. I think, funny enough, I think that COVID actually helped yeah with you know making more making you know people outside my immediate geographies more accessible right because i mean when covid struck right everyone was indoor everyone you know started doing more stuff on the internet you know working remotely so it's easier and then people started you know pitching more online right you don't even need to meet an investor or even with your a co-founder physically, you can work in different parts of the country or in different parts of the, maybe even the world. Yeah, and you know, and you've never met before. So I felt like COVID, you know, really um, sort of like improved the interaction for me. Yeah, I mean, I could have a meeting with an investor that is in New York, right? And that's possible because I mean that investor has now sort of like opened their um, portfolio to you know reach out to more like they're more open to accepting pitches from people outside their immediate geographies as opposed to when everyone was going to working physically and you would probably have to pitch by you know going to the investor's office to pitch to them. So yeah, I feel like in that aspect, Locum has, um, the COVID has kind of made things a bit, you know, easier, yeah. And you mentioned that uh, Locum, you're, you're starting to target um, customers in Africa. I think you specifically said, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but I think you said Nigeria. Are you, are you based in Nigeria or where, where, where are you based as a, as a company? Um, we are based in Nigeria. Yeah, we're based in Nigeria, but we are incorporated in the U.S. Cool. So tell me a little bit, you know, I, I, it seems to me that from, from my perspective, that lots of investors have recently become interested in investing in, you know, Africa, you know, the some of the countries in Africa. Um, do you, can you kind of like, 
I don't know for you, are you feeling the, the, this wave or kind of tell, t- tell us a little bit of what it's like to build a startup in, uh, in Nigeria as you know, we only, you know, there's the internet layer where people are based all over the world, but I don't know what it's like to live in Seattle or, you know, Florida or Nigeria or Europe. Cause I'm in Arizona. Um, so I'm curious, can you kind of share a little bit about what it's like building a startup on the ground over there? Okay. Okay. So building a startup from the ground over here, it's, um, I mean, the echo, it's cool. Yeah. It's not very easy because I mean, the ecosystem is still developing so much that, um, I mean, the ecosystem in Nigeria is mostly in Lagos, where, you know, that's like the tech ecosystem is likened to Silicon Valley in the US. There's even a, a word for it. It's called Yabakon Valley. Yeah, because Yaba is like a, like a tech hub in Lagos. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is that with that, you either have to move to Lagos to be, you know, noticed or to kind of get into the into the flow of things. But yeah, if you're not in Lagos, like I am in Abuja, yeah, which is a different city from Lagos, but it's the capital of the of Nigeria. Yeah. So the, the startup ecosystem here is is just growing. There's not a lot of startups here. So it's kind of you know difficult to get into the flow of things, you know, if say I was in Lagos, I would be able to go to a co-working space and, you know, I would meet other um, founders, you know, talk to them, interact with them, but I can only do this, you know, online. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it's like building from, you know, from the ground up in Africa here. And then in terms of, you know, meeting investors, reaching out to investors, there's still a lot of um, affinity for the fintech company. Yeah, you know, if it's, there are more funds that are willing to, you know, fund fintech companies than you would, you know, find funding maybe a health tech company or, maybe some company in another vertical. Yeah, so there's that too. And then there's also the problem of um, the issue of um, maybe being too early in terms of um, maybe the idea is solid, but I mean, you haven't launched your MVP yet and then you need some data to be able to raise money from a VC. Yeah, meanwhile, you don't even have because of you know the situation of things sometimes you don't even have you know even as small as that you need to build that mdp to you know take it out to your users and you know start testing and iterating yeah so those are the issues with you know building from the ground up so it's a lot of struggling to look for funds and you know that sense of community yeah, that's it's just missing. Yeah, in Abuja, where I stay. Yeah. And kind of going on that point a little bit more, do you have kind of any thoughts on maybe misconceptions that United States investors have on, or even just global investors have on investing in Africa? Like you obviously are all online, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you see how people talk about it. Is there a dissonance at all? Um, or is there, if you could t- speak to the investor class, you know, of, of uh, maybe tier one investors in the States, 
Um, is there anything you want them to know that they might not be getting right currently? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like in terms of, um, I mean, for some, the biggest startups in Africa are mostly fintech companies, right? So, and then it's, um, it's easy for investors in the US or maybe in other parts of, you know, maybe in the UK or in Europe to understand, you know, the, to understand FinTech. I mean, it's payments, right? So if it works here, I mean, it will work here. So it's easier for them to invest in FinTech companies, but, you know, for other verticals, it's, you have to explain and, you know, even with all of the explanation, sometimes they still don't get what you're trying to do, right? Because they don't really have an understanding of the market. And for them, sometimes it may mean that, I mean, there's no opportunity there, right? Meanwhile, there's great opportunities in those ideas, but I mean, they're not just, they're not just experienced, they just don't have the experience with this sector, right? And they're not willing to take that risk. So yeah, those are some of the things I've observed. That makes sense. Um, you know, I think that a lot of founders, uh, when they're building their startup, they see on the internet that, you know, they see everyone's best foot forward, that every, everyone is crushing it raising money, getting customers, all, all that jazz. But we, we all know this isn't the case, right? We all, we all know that for most founders, they share the, the most positive things online and they hide the things that might not be going as well. Um, so I'm curious for you, you know, what have been, you know, as, as you started the, your first startup, what have been maybe unforeseen challenges or things that you didn't think that would be in the way that, that are in the way to your path to greatness? Like, are, are there any things that come to mind on kind of challenges that, that have been in the way that you've gone past or you're still dealing with? Um, well, major challenge is mostly fundraising. Yeah, I mean, we didn't think it would be this tough. Yeah, but aside that, um, aside that, I can't think of any other any other challenges that we are as a company, Locum, that is is facing right now. For us, it's mostly just you know trying to raise what little we can get to just push out our MVP and launch. Yeah, so I I guess yeah, that's that's the challenge we're really grappling with right now. Well, it's a good thing that you've uh, joined Seed Scout Alpha. This is, you know, for people that don't know, Seed Scout Alpha is trying to solve this problem for founders all around the world. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a hard problem, Manny. Like, I think lots of great founders are having trouble getting to the right networks. And in my opinion, lots of maybe weak founders are getting to the network pretty easily. You know, that that's <laughs> we'll see. We'll see in time. But I completely understand stand what, what you're talking about there. Um, I think like for, you know, kind of looking out for Locum, what, what do you kind of want to build like for the long term? So let's say you, you got access to the resources, resources you need to, to kind of realize your vision. What is your vision? And in 10 years, what, what could this company look like? Okay, in 10 years, what Locum could look like would be, it would be a household name for every healthcare organization to do everything that pertains to personnel, 
um, work talent. So say you, you're a hospital, um, maybe Christ the King Hospital, you want to hire healthcare professionals, you use locum to hire them, you want to organize your shifts, you want to manage your workers, like who comes in on Monday, who comes in on Tuesday, who comes in, you use locum to manage them. Say you want to automate some work processes that are just really mundane, say something like um, updates for your nurse or your pharmacist, you automate them with locum. Say you want to pay your healthcare workers, whether they are full-time staff or part-time, you pay them with locum. Say that um, you want to, your healthcare workers, the workers in your organization, or even the healthcare professionals themselves want to reskill because, I mean, there's a lot of digitization going on with healthcare right now. So healthcare workers need to upskill or even reskill in some cases. Say they need to, you know, gain new skills, they'll do that on local. So our, you know, high-level mission, vision is to be the end-to-end -end platform for everything healthcare work related. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. And in order to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? I mean, it takes a village to make a startup work. Seascat Alpha is helping, but you'll, you'll need a lot more, right? You'll need, uh, you know, team members or funding or partnerships. So my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help? How can the Seascout community help in order to help you accomplish your vision? Okay, Seascouts can help us with some. Seascouts is already helping us with, you know, intros to venture partners, which is, you know, one way to start the fundraising process. Yeah, Seascouts can also help us in terms of. Um, partnerships with them. Um, I mean, we are a startup in Africa, but we have hopes of, you know, scaling even to the US, right? So at the point where we would need, you know, to start onboarding healthcare workers in the US, right? We would need, you know, partnerships with, um, you know, they would recommend any compliance and legal companies we may use to ensure that you know we're not breaking any laws. We are able to scale whatever technology we need. We're able to you know, reach out to whatever communities we need to onboard the people we want to onboard. And you know, just help us in partnership, to partner with us and as we are building locum to, and scaling to you know, other geographies. Okay, and then if someone wanted to learn more or kind of dive into what you're doing, how can they find you on the internet? Like, do you have a website for Lacum? Do you have, you know, Twitter for you, Twitter for the company, you know, LinkedIn? How, how can people find you on the internet? Um, we have a website, www.locum.com. Yeah. You can also reach out at my email at hello at locum.com. Locum is spelled L-O-O-C-U-M. 
yeah and then for twitter facebook you can our handle is locum underscore hq locum underscore hq yeah. and instagram too locum underscore hq all right. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast. I'm stoked to have you in Seed Scout Alpha and um, excited to watch you fly over the next decade with the right resources to accomplish your mission and vision. So thanks again for coming on and um, you know, best of luck building this out. I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me.